Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name is Sarah Morgan. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that hello was... Cats say hello. Please say hello. Hello. Say hello when I say the thing. Uh, that hello was uh, Cats Adler. Uh, my guest uh, for this episode, uh, Kat, is a uh, stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. a comedy writer, yes. uh, creator of Succubus, the online... <laughs> yes. it, it's not a parody women magazine it's a tell me about succubus <laughs> we usually call it a satirical women's magazine a satirical so let's women's say parody mag- yeah i'd yeah, go parody a parody of of women's magazines but yeah. it's um it's very readable as a women's <laughs> magazine like a, tell me how, how you created that thing well that was with um my co-editor sarah gibbs mm-hmm. we met at um national film television school she uh did the whole year i dropped out because i didn't have the money to carry on so i did four <laughs> lessons um but made friends with sarah <laughs> so guess, yeah you did the thing you Made a, I did the made, thing, yeah. Made the contact, made the contact, did the smooth, yeah. Got what you needed from Bye. it. I think you actually got what you needed from it. So yeah. yeah. So Sarah had this idea of doing like a satirical women's magazine because um, there was nothing like that in the UK. Mm-hmm. So we kind of thought about. She did like a group email round and like um, our mutual friend Cameron Lockstale actually paired us together and said you should mm-hmm. write together. So we had a meeting and just yeah took off. Like we launched it two years ago in March. And it's been going strong since for like two years now. Uh, what are your favourite succubus headlines? There, there's a great one recently that I really laughed a hard at, which is like, um, oh, I want to get the wording right, so give me a second. Mm. It was like, oh, let me find it. <laughs> yeah. Lifesaver. This service dog knows when you're about to text your ex. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's like an article about this amazing service dog. It's so funny. I, this, uh, there was one of yours recently that I absolutely loved, which is, look out, ladies, our hottest Ted Bundy murders ranked. Oh, um, I was so which, angry. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me what inspired that particular just, article, yeah. Cat Sadler. <laughs> it was this, uh, yeah. This Netflix special came out about like all the documentary behind it, but they really sexualized Ted Bundy, and I was like absolutely furious. Yeah, sexy Ted Bundy. Bundy. Yeah, and there were so many tweets from women being like, ooh, like, yeah. it's also a joke. It's so, yeah, there's that that weird, um, the true crime thing is really weird to me. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm a, I love horror, I love mm-hmm. scary, <laughs> and this is my thing that I do with my podcast, <laughs> uh, but I'm not a true, are you a true crime person? Not really, like I wouldn't have watched it unless someone else had said, let's watch this, like right. I would probably wouldn't have opted into it, um, feels quite horrific to have to sit through it, especially because yeah. it's happened in the past, like... I get that there's a thing where women are trying to sort of maybe seize control yeah. in the same way that I love horror films. Mm. You seize, sort of seize control of your own anxieties. You uh, f- sort of, or, you know, you fetishize them or you compartmentalize them. Yeah. And by owning your terror of being murdered, That's you true. become a true crime expert and you yeah. uh, know about all the murders in the <laughs> world. And I get that. I, and I like that women are allowed to own that space now and it feels a very female owned space. I, I'm yeah. into that. I'm mm. into the fact that there's a million podcasts and they're all about women doing murdery yeah. things. But it is, it, I, I, I personally, I don't quite... I don't know. There's a. I was walking past a poster the other day for James Patterson's latest book. You know, the the mm-hmm. famous author. Man. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realise that there's a, a a series of books called the Women's Murder Club or something like. Is that. Is there? It's called something like the late the, right. the Women's Murder Club, and I thought. It was just like a sort of book club yeah. that they all read James Patterson's book. And it was like like Richard and Judy book club <laughs> yeah, or like yeah. something. Like, and I was like, oh, God, is that how we're sort of owning our terror? We're owning our feelings of being murdered yeah, yeah, constantly yeah. by being in the book club, <laughs> the special <laughs> book club where we only want to read about. Because child abuse was massive a while ago, wasn't it? Massive. When everyone was on holiday and they would go and read books mm. with handwriting on the front called like, Daddy, stop it. Yeah. And oh, they're called like tragic lit. There's a, there's a yeah, word for them. Misery memoirs. Yeah, yeah, misery, misery memoirs. And they would, 
yeah, you'd go. I remember being in Thailand and seeing a wall of books that was just pictures of like it's, it was always the same sort of picture. It was like a black and white sepia tone picture of like shoes or a swing, oh, and then yeah, the scribbly handwriting that yeah, said yeah. that was like "Daddy" oh. Oh, or a little gullet looking out the window. Yes, <laughs> like, just, always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Uncle Bad Touch. They were, they were, oh, but yeah. I wonder what foreigners thought of foreigners. I wonder <laughs> what people in other countries thought of um, British tourists mm. and being that being the wall of British tourism books. Like, yeah. They come on holiday and they just read about mm. horrifying children. Yeah, abuse. what do you think it is? Do you think it's like a perspective thing? Do you think it like helps you like feel more comfortable with your own experiences if you are reading about someone else's more traumatic ones? Do you That's think? the thing that I don't... I mean, surely not ever. Maybe I'm being naive, but surely not mm. everyone who goes to Thailand, to that bit of Thailand, <laughs> that lovely, beautiful island on Thailand, has been through that and therefore no. wants to read about it. Yeah. Yeah, but well, it's, it's not even like... Yeah, it is holidays, but it's also like... I remember like at school, every friend's mum was always reading a copy of one of these books. Yes. And they were all called like Ugly. Those were, <laughs> that was <a> big one. <laughs> oh God, I'm not... I'm just... It's, yeah, the light and shade of it where you're just like... What, why are we all reading the same? I don't know. Yeah. It is um, horrible. But, like, with the true crime thing, like, mm. I do think that, like, yes, I agree that, like, it does take back some power by, like, watching stuff about them. Like, that is very true. But I also think every time we put one of those out, we have to put a self-defence thing out as well, like, for yes. women to watch that, like, shows you how to, like, deal with the scenario really like that. That's a really good idea. Because <laughs> I watch it and it's just, like, another thing to worry about in the day. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're um, young enough to remember at the end of Crime Watch, they'd show you a crime reconstruction. And mm. they're quite scary you know and then he would just go remember it doesn't happen very often and don't have nightmares i'm gonna drop in a clip of that now don't have nightmares sleep well good night because it was so comforting you were like oh god you're right thanks <laughs> oh wow yeah i could do don't with have, that yeah, yeah just just i mean it, it just a kind man and yeah. is there a celebrity mm. we could get to do this? <laughs> just at the end of every... Yeah, you watch... You're allowed to watch Netflix, you yeah. know, making a murderer or something, and then at the end, a really kind person, man or woman, not mm-hmm. quite sure. Who, Tom Hanks, someone yeah. like that. Oh, that'd be lovely. Or, um, Oh, the woman! Oh, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, that would be, um, be yeah, dream. Eugene, yeah, anyone from anyone from Schitt's Creek oh, can come. Have on. you been watching it? Oh, obsessed I by it. Love it. Obsessed by it. <laughs> I'm so uh, glad. So the cast of Schitt's Creek come on at the end of any true crime show. <laughs> yeah. In off duty, in like really good eyewear. Of course, they've always got really good off duty eyewear. Oh, whenever you do. see them being interviewed. <laughs> That's such a good observation. And they, oh, I love an off-duty eyewear, but oh. they've really got some good frames. They re- oh. oh, they're off-duty. Dave's off. Yes, David off Dan Levy's off-duty frames. I love, so, him oh, I love him so, so much. much. <laughs> Dan Levy and his dad oh. and Catherine O'Hara and all the other siblings who are in it, and they all come on and they just go. Yeah, this is a really terrible murder that mm-hmm. happened. But what you do need to remember is that actually most women are killed by someone they know personally. So um, anyway, bye. <laughs> That would help actually. Would that help? What I was no, going hang on. I think I got it wrong. <laughs> Maybe something a bit more uplifting. Like, yeah. Yeah. Most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's definitely going to happen. So good. I'm glad we fixed that. True crime. Yeah. So that was yes. Your response to the Ted Bundy. This is the. This is why people need to read Succubus. <laughs> We've gone very around the house and saying Succubus is very very funny. It's. Um, I'm. I'm going to say it's onion-like headlines. Yes. Onion-like headlines, but with a with a. Uh, with the slant towards the women's magazine stuff uh, and it's very very funny indeed I like it very much onion flavoured onion flavoured it (laughs) is onion flavoured one of the things with succubus is I I tend to do ones that are like way too closely related to like my own life Um, so sometimes there are ones that yes can you think of one I did one about um, how much I enjoyed being in a casual relationship (laughs) like last year (laughs) and it was just clearly (laughs) about someone (laughs) the headline was uh, I love being in a casual relationship so much I text him every five minutes just to check we're still in one (laughs) (laughs) oh hang on here's a personal favourite of my free do I want to fuck Father Christmas or do I just crave a father figure in my life that was a great Christmas article see that's the thing like someone said that to me and I laughed for like five minutes reading it but then I was worried because like because it's just me doing it at the moment like I do worry that like it's just me with daddy issues that like relates to stuff like that like Uh, yeah no I think that's a that's a beautiful headline that's a beautiful headline (laughs) 
baby shower guest announces she's done far more impressive things in sex than get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scientists invent range of tights that your leg hair can't poke. <laughs> yes, that, that originally was M&S invents range of tights, but I was worried that we'd get sued. <laughs> so I changed it to scientists. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you get sued. I need a lawyer for this kind of thing. Yeah. Can I, can so I mention M&S? you doing this? At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, sorry, feminists. I'm traditional. I like to cook for my man and make sacrifice to the sun god. Oh, that's really funny. Definitely give that, that a read. That is very funny. Oh, it's by Ruby Clyde. Yeah, she's incredible. Do you know yes, Ruby? Yes, I know Ruby. Well, that's I know, great. I know, um, I know uh, shelf. Uh, uh, the shelf. Yes, great. the shelf girls. Um, yes, we should. Yes, because I um, uh, was supposed to come to your gig the other day and I didn't. Oh. I bought a ticket though, so that's, well, that's you no, got the thank money you. for it. Which uh, is the main <laughs> that's thing. thing. You had a yes. Tell me about how uh, Succubus is raising funds for mermaids. Yeah, so we did. We got a uh, venue. Um, Vault Festival which is like a kind of cool artsy festival in Waterloo and um, it was like a big venue and we wanted to do like a big thing to like raise money for mermaids because they had their funding cut mm. um, recently well that well, at the time they had but um, yeah so we decided to run this big event for it and like, have like a trans fundraiser so we did it for Mermaids um, Educate and Celebrate which is a charity that Jordan Gray who's a comedian who hosted it um, is a patron of mm-hmm. and they're all about like helping um they give out like education packs to like schools and stuff about like LGBT and stuff which is really important at the moment mm. um the other one was Educate Celebrate Mermaids and oh, Gendered yeah. Intelligence, oh. which is a like online resource for like anyone who's like gender questioning to like mm-hmm. have access to loads of info. And I know that was really helpful to some of my friends. So fantastic! Oh, so you've got personal experience of oh uh, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's uh, I think I think it's brilliant that a, a, a feminist magazine like Succubus is, is also talking about uh, uh, yeah. uh, trans and non-binary issues. Um, uh, under under the umbrella of the, of, of, yeah. of the same being in the same boat which exactly. is huge yeah yeah didn't want to avoid that I think it would have been yeah. <laughs> but, so that was the inspiration was knowing people who have personally been affected by the shit storm that's yes. going on at the moment exactly can I say shit I'm just going to say shit, shit storm, storm. Yeah. fucking shit storm it's your podcast going. mate you set yeah. the rules my, I know I was asking myself is it okay to call um I, I, the thing I'm calling a shitstorm is the lack of any nuanced discussion. Oh, absolutely, of yes. Um, that, that a hugely complicated issue has through the greed of social media companies wanting to boost mm-hmm. uh, very binary, very inflammatory views uh, has become this kind of, yes, this, this, this shades of grey issue has become this binary yes or no when you are either... Absolutely, yeah. You, you, you must either be a, a trans-exclusionist, I wouldn't yeah. use the... Acronym. Uh, you're either a trans exclusionist mm-hmm. who, who doesn't believe that trans people exist or have a right to live, or you th- you love them so much that you think Ian Brady should be allowed to move to Broadmoor <laughs> and uh, uh, and call himself Susan. And those two things are the only positions <laughs> that any human being can possibly take, and it's fucking horrible. And I have the privilege as a cis woman to be able to walk away from it any time I want mm. to, and I think it's fucking heartbreaking that yeah. um, other women don't get yeah, to walk terrifying. away other people yeah. other humans mm. uh do not get to um walk away from this stuff and and have become this kind of weird victims in a it which is just you know a, the, the internet making as much money as it possibly can oh, yeah yeah sorry i got quite ranty on my no, own behalf I good. <laughs> on my own I thing. emotional listening yeah absolutely um, you say things now so <laughs> Yeah. So, but no. So, um, but I think it's you've got, you've got personal experience of this, and so it has affected you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had a friend who um, I mentored in school who who's trans and um, got like kicked out of the house and lived with me. So um, we bonded a lot, and like I, I learned a lot about that, and I yeah feel really strongly. So. Yes. That they're a human being. <laughs> that they're, <laughs> that they're, they're a person. bloody human being. <laughs> yes. Really, yes. Uh, uh, well, that's terrific. Uh, uh, and are you planning on any more of those gigs? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think we're trying to. Um, the next one we're doing is in Glasgow uh, on Saturday, so tomorrow, mm-hmm. and um, that's going to be a fundraiser for Glasgow Women's Library. So that's going to be a really good fun um, oh, one. Cool. Because I wanted to do one that was like kind of specific to the area we were gigging in. Oh, that's nice. So idea. yeah, so the one in yeah. the Women's Library looks amazing, and they do really cool like workshops and stuff. So I think that's going to be really good. So uh, excellent. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, and are you? Um, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the cat! I just burped into my mouth. You should keep it in. Be the highlight. It's really real. It's, just, it's really feel really real on this podcast. It's, it's just so like, real. Really real, real moments. Real anger. Real feeling. Real need for human empathy and connection. That's all. That's all this is. Just about connecting as humans. Uh, um, burping into your elbow. Burped into my elbow. Burped into the crook of my elbow. <laughs> Um, 
so yes, obviously you do stand up. Is yes. that something you, how long you tell me, tell me about your stand up? How are you doing stand up? I did stand up. I started it in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like two gigs and I thought, this is good. I remember being the most scared I've ever been for like mm. two weeks of the run up. Like, didn't he? Absolutely terrified. And then did it and it was like, fine. Like, it was an absolutely fine gig. And mm. I was like, okay, well, I didn't die. Yeah. Um, so let's try it. Because, like, with Sketch, which is what I was doing before mm. that for, like, two years in, like, my comedy society, um, there wasn't as much, like, sort of creative control. And you couldn't really do, like, as many, like, weird things as you'd want to. Mm. It's sort of like a Sketch is a very, like, formulaic kind mm. of pattern. So stand-up was quite a good way to, like, test stuff out. Um, so I did that for, like, yeah, I did two gigs. And I did, like, this, the Chortle Student Comedy Awards. Mm. And then, like, got to the semi-finals. And I uh, was like, okay, maybe I could, maybe I could do this. So then I moved out of uni and came back to London and did a gig and died and stopped for like a year mm-hmm. and like um so just like working comedy instead so I like was producing lots of like stand-up shows and stuff and then got jealous mm-hmm. <laughs> and then started doing it again properly and gigging more and more and like I've kind of just tried to keep that going now mm-hmm. but like a lot of people say to get better at stand-up you need to be gigging like every mm-hmm. night which mm-hmm. I think is nonsense yeah. and since I kind of since I've kind of uh, taken that on board, mm. it's, I've, it's helped me a lot, like, get more used to it and stuff. I don't yeah. think it's very healthy gigging every night to, like, two people in a room. Like, I think, yeah, you, you know yourself. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if that doesn't, yeah. It doesn't sound like it would be much fun. But no. I'm not, I, I'm not standing but. <laughs> but that gig, that gig in London when I died, that was the worst. That was, oh. I was dressed as a ghost. Um, it was, like, an alternative comedy night. So it's quite ironic to, to be a ghost and die. Right. Um, and uh, I had a little wind-up torch and I was doing jokes about being a ghost. And, and, and it just, the audience know. wasn't kind the of thing, going on with them. I don't know. It was like, the thing is, it was a, I go out and I had this bit when I first started doing stand-up and it was like a really long, really long joke with a payoff at the end. Okay. So a really lo- minute-long set-up mm-hmm. joke. And I forgot to set it up. So I did this long spiel and then landed on the punchline and realised I hadn't given the feed line so no one understood why I just done a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you dressed as a ghost, please? So the oh, the joke was that oh, you've gone all oh no, I, sorry, you physically you, you, everything's just changed. The blood's gone through your head, and you're holding your own face. Um, it's okay. We don't want to talk about this. It's just a joke that I was doing about how I wanted to I wanted to write a book about. <laughs> I'm gonna okay, if tell. I was your mum, I would say stop playing with your hair. I'm gonna have to tell the joke. <laughs> tell the joke. It was like we so, can cut this. Oh, you can absolutely awful. cut anything you want. This is, I'm bear in mind, guys. This is, this is a good, <laughs> guys. good three, four years ago now. I did this joke about how I, I've been wanting to write a book about sassy ghosts. Okay, right. so I say the word sassy ghost just so everyone remembers it's about sassy ghosts, mm-hmm. and then I do this long spiel about for like a minute about like how the book is actually about like um, the world ending and like disease and like there's one girl left and she says the planet blah blah and then i say oh yeah and her best friend's a sassy ghost like after this whole thing and uh, okay like, that's that's the right. joke um but i didn't say it at the, i didn't say sassy ghost at the start so it was just <laughs> <laughs> absolute torture <laughs> oh i'm looking at on the baffled faces in the audience and people looking at me and at I'm what a- point did you realize that you'd not said oh set up the <laughs> it's too late <laughs> like, like three quarters of the way in, through like, oh yeah Oh, it was awful. <laughs> and I look so nervous. I think it's, I think that's the thing. Like, I go out and I look nervous, so people are already worried. And then if yeah. I give them any sense that it could be rightfully nervous, mm. then people are already looking for gaps in, in the problems and what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, with stand-up, it's... So you're supposed to stride out mm-hmm. like big balls looking confident. It's so, yeah. like, no, you can absolutely go out and be nervous like your audience or look like your audience and then and still be able to communicate with them that's it yeah that's, yeah. Yeah. that's a kind of what I've, yeah recently what I've tried to do is go out and acknowledge the fact that I look scared mm. and um, try and make people understand but it's not necessarily because I'm worried about what I'm about to say or mm. that it won't go well but it's just about like that's who I am mm. um, and I think once you address it then it becomes like the, the audience can relax because they're like oh okay she knows how she looks because yeah. I think it's a lot of them thinking does she know that she looks like she can't do this um, <laughs> oh that's so interesting that's, that's the, the, the classic coming on and saying I know what you're thinking yeah 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 yeah. and, and it's normally some white dude who's got nothing memorable about yeah. him so he just goes I don't even put on a shirt oh absolutely and then make fun of I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Did he get that shirt from 
hub in or something. <laughs> it's not good enough, mate. You, you chose that shirt. Exactly. You can't do 10 minutes yeah. on the shirt that you chose. <laughs> totally. So that's like that, but but actually... Exactly. Yeah, with purpose and um, yeah. and helping put your audience at ease, which is... Definitely, because yeah. that was a lot of the problem, like, when I first started gigging and stuff, was that the audience is like, I don't think they are looking for you to fail, but I think they do pick up on your stresses and they will wor- mm. worry for you. Like, so I can see when audiences yeah. are worried for me rather than, like, wishing me to... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. so yeah it's like trying to address <laughs> the that. you okay hun exactly exactly yeah, yeah. Head, yeah. Head tilt. so now if i go guys i'm not okay and here's why like then people wow. are more like more oh like, i it. love that i'm not okay and here's why <laughs> is actually the perfect response <laughs> to rather than no i'm fine i'm fine yeah I'm fine. <laughs> yeah because no, I, I knew i was never ever going to be like a confident presence on stage because mm. it's just not who i am um and i watch comedians who got really confident and I, I really like admire it and i think it's amazing but i just know that it could never be what i would do mm. and maybe that's okay because like sometimes i think maybe in the audience there even if there's just one person who's like i want to see a nervous girl <laughs> like, it's, it's my thing. thing yeah hey don't yuck that person's yum there <laughs> <laughs> they just got a thing for nervous women <laughs> God, I'm not, fetish, yeah. not be friends with that person. <laughs> I'm going to yuck that person's yum. Is what I'm going to do. do yeah. Please, yeah. I mean, if you're into nervous women, <laughs> find me on Twitter. Please, please <laughs> you can find Kat on Twitter. <laughs> At Piana, Piana. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you don't like uh, scary films, like deliberately, intentionally scary films. Is there, was there anything that you ever saw that, that wasn't meant to be scary but just scared you because it was... The Wiggles. Do you watch The Wiggles? <laughs> no, tell me about The oh, Wiggles. My grandma had I know this, what it like, is. It's Australians, right? Australians. Yeah. Yeah, my grandma had this like, VHS tape of like, The Wiggles uh-huh. that we used to watch when we slept at hers. And there's like this bit where they have... It's all like sort of puppets. I hate puppets. <laughs> but it's like this like scene on a boat with like puppets singing and the colours are so like intensely strong. And they're singing this like really creepy song. I can Um, it's kind of like, did you watch Spy Kids? No. How have oh, you Robert, seen Spy Robert Kids? Rodriguez's yeah, Spy yeah. Kids. No, I haven't seen that. Okay. Funny, well, enough, in, I will. in Spy Kids, they yeah. capture spies and mm. then turn them into like little kids' toys. And um, you see these kids' toys like being trapped in this prison and they can't communicate. And it's, mm. it's a bit like that. But um, remember, yeah, that's with Wiggles. But so it's, it's the Wiggles. So, yeah. so hang on, how old were you when you saw this? You said you watched it with your girlfriends at sleepovers. No, I watched it with my grandma. My oh, grandma had this VHS tape of the Wiggles. Oh, so you were very young. young. Yeah. But that was probably like, it's a kid's show, but it really, really scared me. Yeah, no, but that sounds really intense. Yeah. And what was, do you, can you describe why it made you? I think I don't really like puppets because like you, you their eyes are beady and you can't see any form of humanity in them. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they're moving and talking. And yet they're moving and, and talking. Yeah. And they're looking at me, but mm. they can't tell that I'm looking back at them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's it's a tricky one because I love the Muppets. Do you? Love okay. the Muppets, big fan. Um, but, um, yeah, mm. I can appreciate. There's yeah. something very... There's a contract with puppets yeah. that you have to buy into, and the idea that that contract might get broken is, I find quite scary. Yeah. I think that I find scarier than the idea of puppets. The <laughs> idea that what you if you don't lock eyes with yeah. the hand of the person, mm-hmm. and then you lock eyes with the person who's under the table... <laughs> Or around the, wherever it is, the, the puppeteer, yeah. all of a sudden you've broken a social contract and then mm-hmm. how do you get out of that? I'm scaring myself talking about it, but I might. <laughs> now I'm thinking about breaking a social contract. That's funny. <laughs> Don't like it. Oh, so it's not so much the puppets, but it is the yeah. social convention. So <laughs> what happens when, yeah, no, I just, I hate the idea of, I'm such a good girl. <laughs> I hate the idea that I would like upset someone by not looking at the puppet correctly. Oh, that is funny. Um, what is your, uh, yeah, so you watched this with your grandma. Yeah. Um... And what did you, could, could you turn it off? Did you turn it off? Did you? I sat through it, but I remember like, I remember just lying there and thinking about it and just being absolutely petrified and just thinking about how, this always happens. I always like stumble upon stuff and then like accidentally like through osmosis get scared. Like Mm. I had this when I was like off sick from school, like when I was like 11 and I was on like, I watched some, was watching like living and like, I remember watching this like documentary about like the paranormal and Mm. like that absolutely 
scarred me. Like, I was gone. Like, I would say two years afterwards, I slept upright, all the lights on. Oh, God. Um, and I'd have my duvet over my head with, like, just my mouth out. So, like, if anyone came in, they couldn't see me. That was the logic behind it. But, yeah, that, that really scared me. Great Big Owl. What? Great Big Owl. Stop saying that. What about Great Big Owl? It's a family of podcasts. Ooh. Who's in this family? Well, there's Rule of Three. That's us. <laughs> there's Brian and Roger. Hi, Roger. It's Brian. There's the The One Show Show. There's oh, nowhere else nice. you would find a, a four or five minute film about Pine Martins. Yes. Without a sight of one Pine Martin at all in the film. There's Barry and Angelos. Oh, uh, gooch, gooch, chooch. Yeah. Remember that lovely one. And there's Smirchpod. Could you eat first? I think we know. <sighs> well, I know. I don't know if I'd want to eat Lazenby. Basically, look for Great Big Owl on your pod. What's it? Good idea. Have we got a sting? Owls don't sting. GreatBigOwl.com I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This so is a thing. <laughs> para- no, no, no. The, but so it was a documentary about paranormal. And yeah. was, um, do you believe in the paranormal? You've dressed as a ghost. I've dressed as a ghost, have yes, you, I have. Do you believe in ghosts? I don't know. I think maybe. I've had, I talk to my friends about it a lot and I've heard a lot of stories. And it is, it does seem to be that there is a little bit of it. Like, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But there's a little tiny part of me that thinks maybe there is something like that in the world. Mm. But not enough that I fully believe it. I'd say I'm agnostic towards no, ghosts. Ghost about ghosts. Ghost gnostic. Ghost gnostic. Not quite there. Are there any other scary things that you've that you um, that you've seen that you um, well, say have okay. stuck in your memory? Well, this, was, this was funny. I'll, I'll read. Hang on. I wanted to tell you this anyway. Yes. I texted my I texted one of my friends to ask uh, him if I'd. What did I say? Hang on. I texted my friend saying I couldn't remember something I'd seen on TV recently that I was genuinely scared of, mm. and um, he was like. I mean, you were distressed by people eating lobster on Queer Eye. <laughs> and I was. So I Please think that really, really sums me up. This is the new series, because I've not seen the new series. Yeah. It's no spoilers, but they were eating lobster. Right. Um, and I, I really like fish. Mm. And I, I love animals. A live like, fish, not fish the food. or you I, like I love living fish. Living a live I fish. I like yeah. looking at them. I think uh-huh. they're really pretty. Yeah. Um, same thing with shellfish. I really like anything to do with them. And like mm. watching... <laughs> Someone with pincers like clap down on a on a um, on a lobster and break it apart and oh, mm, that's terrifying. And, and, and in what is I've always considered queer to be a very safe space. It's such a safe it's space. It's such they a didn't safe space. No, <laughs> yes, they should. It's funny. A friend of mine um, watched uh, and uh, the episode when they had a, tra- a trans man and yeah. they got very distressed because there was a it was, there was a kind of big scene of um, surgery, top mm. surgery, and, and I completely understood why if you're not ready for that or like if it just sort of came out of nowhere yeah. and I feel like you know you maybe had this yeah if you like seeing uh, it's, it's such a safe space that you kind of like, it's, it's literally the same show every single it, week yeah you're it's so, so lovely yeah and they say and they're just so um you know that at the end everyone's going to be really happy and fine yeah. with this with, with with the awkward person from the beginning mm-hmm. and it's and it's the same the same foods the same clothes the same french tuck yeah it's never so like ch- chuck out all your clothes and get new clothes it's literally no tuck your shirt in it's yeah. like the fashion advice. It's so small and careful mm. and considered. And so, yeah, something if if you, I can absolutely see how you can yeah. care very deeply about a minuscule thing in it. But yeah, the lobster. Thing no, really but they would me. really come out of nowhere for you. Much yeah. like I th- genuinely, I, I, I feel like it. my friend being upset by the surgery with um, you seeing a creature you love being. <laughs> were, were they? Were they very? 
what context they eating lobster in? I haven't seen. I'm gonna have to watch. I think it was like a date. Like it was a guy and and his wife, and they sat down to have a meal, and like they just brought out two lobsters and mm. just ate them. But I don't know why the camera just lingered on this lobster getting getting smashed, <laughs> and it really. I don't yeah. know. I no, just, I, yeah. can, I can absolutely buy that. You love those creatures. Yeah, they? it just yeah. really upset me. For the, for the listener at home, I'm just going to, I might pop this in before. For this, no, the Queer Eyes programme where, is it five? The Fab Five. Fab five, five. Five gay gentlemen mm-hmm. uh, visit a person who is in need of some kind of makeover, whose life is in a bit of a crossroads for some reason. And uh, they're usually a straight guy. I said, they've usually. started doing some women. That, and, and, oh, and, it is so uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. They've started doing women. and uh, But mostly it's sort of like a bloke who's, just looks a bit of a shambles yeah. uh, who's, who's usually really nice in other ways like as a firefighter or yeah. like in some way like a lovely human but as a, and they they basically give him a little makeover but in a a whole entire life makeover mm. somehow just the the presence of like if he's got homophobic parents by the end the parents love all gays yeah um <laughs> Um, and that's what Queer Eye <laughs> that's, that's basically what Queer Eye is five lovely gays fixing someone's life yeah. and it is on Netflix and they put on about ten episodes at a time mm-hmm. and you eat them with a spoon oh. when you're feeling a bit sad yes I eat the whole thing yeah they're already all done now I've watched them all although sometimes I do find it frustrating mm. like I know it's quite bad to say something mean about Queer Eye but also, no, I think it's fine oh god it's problematic oh god let's, it's let's, problematic right I think you can write some kind of big list about why it's problematic I think we could I think you absolutely could yeah I just find it frustrating when it's like they but don't because it's I know I know I just yeah it just frustrates yeah. me when they come in and tell someone how to dress when yeah. they clearly have no money to maintain the wardrobe like that yeah. they've given them and it's like why I don't know it's almost like pointless advice I find because it's like yes you can tell someone how to dress but like if, if I if they came into my life and bought me some new clothes great but like I could not maintain that like you know what I mean like yeah. go back to my old stuff I think it's, it's good when it's just like yeah we should wear more belts <laughs> yeah. a lovely waist that's nice and I think that the, he's constantly telling Tam it's constantly the slightly aggro yeah. <laughs> Scottish guy he's always constantly telling people to tuck their shirts in mm-hmm. and he calls it a French tuck <laughs> so yeah. just, just, have you ever considered that's, I like how small that is as advice, but yet sort of massive like, yeah. for your confidence. Have you considered tucking your shirt in? <laughs> what? That's and really then the ones like, have you ever considered? I mean, it's a, it's a tired meme of the show, now, mm. isn't it? The one of the, the the one who does the cooking. Yeah, it just tells everyone to make guacamole all the time. It's cosy. Have you considered squashing up an avocado yeah. for food for sustenance? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was tricky mm. as well because I um, read this thing ages ago. Do you remember mm. Extreme Makeover? Do you ever watch Extreme Makeover? No, they had, used to have like a spin-off called Extreme Home Makeover, and I remember they used to go in and literally like knock someone's house mm. down in like a sort of more deprived area, and then like rebuild it again and make it beautiful and amazing. But apparently, they had to stop doing it because. Um, people's houses were getting broken into because it stuck out as, like, something that was really, like, beautiful and massive in, like, an area that didn't necessarily have that. So, like, I'm constantly worried that these people are going to, like, have these beautiful houses redone and then something might happen like that. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Or they might get their cells remade over and their faces might get stolen. Yeah. (laughs) So you've just reminded reminded me of... uh, Oh, God. Have you ever seen the clip of Changing Room with the teapots? No, show me. I want to see that. Okay. Um... This audio probably won't... This won't work for audio, but I'm going to set this clip up for you. So do you remember that this is... Says you're a little bit younger than me. <laughs> Can I ask your age, Kate Sider? I'm 24. She's 24. Okay. So you will not remember Changing Rooms. Changing no, Rooms was from the before time when television was awful. <laughs> We're in a golden age of television now, as they keep telling us. It's and this good. is true because we had to, well, there was four channels and we had to watch this. It was a programme called Changing Rooms. It was a home makeover show. And Lawrence Will and Bowen and a man called Handy Andy who did the DIY and other people whose name I can't remember right now a Scottish woman, Linda something, they would go to someone's house and in a very short period of time with no money, make it over, make up one room, changing room, hence the title, our room. Uh, they changed. See. They changed the room. Okay. And because there was no standards on television by then, there yeah. was an episode. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's the best scary thing that's ever happened. <laughs> this woman said, okay, whatever you want to do to this room, that's fine, but I have this priceless teapot collection. Uh, immediately someone says priceless teapot collection and my throat goes a bit clicky. So she's got a priceless teapot collection. Um, And they're like, great, we love this. What a cool, interesting quirk to your personality that you have. So what we'll do is we'll build a shelving unit to show off your quirky teacup collection. And they work with the neighbour. Normally it's like the neighbour or a friend, someone who's come in to sort of assist this. And um, 
what it's the top search result in, oh in my, my YouTube. Oh my God, I'm so worried. Um, so what is brilliant about this um, is at no point, because back then no one was on telly, mm. at no point does anyone go, I don't think this is a good idea because you wouldn't, like you think, well, these are TV people. They know they've got cameras and they yeah. uh, they they've got boiler suits and they know what they're doing. Surely, so so they come up with this brilliant idea that they're going to do a, a hanging shelf <laughs> from the middle. Oh my god, no! <laughs> from the middle of the room, <gasps> and these these lovely neighbours who are just like, well, we're on telly, so we can't say anything. Jeremy, yes, good. Only seconds after finishing in Linda's room, disaster struck. The added weight of all those books proved too much for the freestanding shelves. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh that is all that. Oh no. That is all that teapots. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know, Andy. I think we just have to put our hands upon this one. <laughs> I don't believe this. Oh, oh no, I'm crying. It's the books. We shouldn't have put the books on. And they... So Handy Andy has built um, some lovely freestanding shelves, which look, they're sort of on very thin, tiny, thin pieces of wire. No. No, 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 no. No. No! <laughs> you don't even see. And they're on telly as well, so they're sort of being like, oh, we're on telly, so we can't get upset because did we say it was okay to smash our teapot? And the the, the humanity of it, the clammy humanity of it, um, I just think it's... It's beautiful. Oh it's God, horrifying, yeah. and Horrible. and I got and I get goosebumps every time I see that. This it's because you don't even see them falling off. Yeah, it's just the inevitable. It's like watching that fire festival documentary where you just like <laughs> it's just a pile on of just people just making thing bad decisions. You go, Should we put books on this shelf that's hanging from four yeah. bits of string? <laughs> sure. I mean, they're on telly. It must. They must know what they're doing. Who thought a hanging shelf would be a good idea? <laughs> like a swinging agile. shelf that's with a team mad. Anyway. Thank you for letting me talk about that on my thing. That's fascinating. Uh, I wish they caught it on camera. That would have been good to watch them actually smash. Ah, so you're a pervert, I see. I just want to watch the wreckage. I don't slow down. I know, really slow down of seeing loads of... That's what I love is you never see... You just see some people standing looking really sad in a room with a load of broken teapots going... What, surely we're meant to do something now a grown up will tell us what to do and they're all like oh there are no grown ups here there are no grown ups in the house at all we've smashed all your teapots <laughs> oh the trauma it's really upsetting do you think they had to pay do you reckon they got like insurance on them or something hard to say I mean yeah you'd think, I, that was the 90s was fucking it was yeah. lawless mate you weren't there man you don't know it was just everyone was on ecstasy <laughs> All the time. Even the designers. Even the designers. All children's TV was on <laughs> drugs. All the music was on drugs. Everyone yeah. was on drugs and and lager because of Vladism. <laughs> <laughs> but Deal and Skinner were in charge of the country. It was really weird. <laughs> uh, the ni- 90s humour there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what have we got left? Horrific. We've got a third thing. Have we got a third thing? Oh, yes. So, Cat Sadler. Apart yes. from um, 
the many things you've already touched on in this conversation. Mm. Um, is there anything specific you'd like to tell me that is a fear you live with now? Now, currently. Now, currently. Okay. Like, li- like in this room is fine, but if there's other things. No, oh, oh, I, just, I, I, I am, I am fear. So I'm just thinking about one of the many. Mm. Um, so the main, so one of them at the moment, which is quite embarrassing, mm. is that I have a real fear of going to someone's house and them not having any snacks. So oh. like, yeah. So like, if I go to someone's house. Even someone I know, even like mm. a really old friend, I'll have to go to a Tesco beforehand to buy snacks. Mm. Um, but what's happened is I've, I've now got so many snacks. Like my room is full of snacks. It's like I've got a stockpile of like just like Pringles and like donuts and stuff that have gone off. But like I'm afraid to get rid of them because I'm worried um, that they're not going to have snacks. I think it's I think it stems from like as a kid if you'd go to someone's house and they wouldn't have like lunch or they eat lunch late I remember being so hungry once mm. at like a friend's house and being like I'm never gonna deal with this again and I'm always gonna have food on me oh I like that no I, I'm, I'm quite similar I've, snacks are very important to me and yes. I thought I feel terrible because I asked you on the email uh, snacks <laughs> and beverage choice and then I just sort of meandered my way here and thought I'll get something on the way and then I didn't and I was like oh it's, it's just after lunch we'll be fine That's and then fine. now I feel shitty for not having got a snack <laughs> my bag's full of it mate so I wouldn't Great. worry okay well can I have a, can I have a yeah. um, what you got oh it would be like I'd say there's like a Twix in there <sighs> like they often get broken though, so it'd be like half a Twix that, that would be half that melted. Absolutely fine, we'll get and stuck It always in. melts straight into my uh, the the power socket of my laptop as well. It always seems to get in there and to get out with a toothbrush. That's one of my issues <laughs> with having too many snacks. That's a great thing to be. I mean, I, I think that's. Um, I'm presuming you don't have diabetes or anything else terrible like that. It is just genuinely a fear of being a bit hungry and grumpy. I do have like I have a low low blood sugar. I think ah. everyone does, but like um yeah, I definitely if I don't eat food and stuff I definitely get like grumpy or tired and like mm. feel shit and so like um I love to know that I have that there if I need it mm. um but it is it is literally just a paranoia that I'm gonna get to someone's house and like lie mm. there and be so hungry that like <laughs> I have to like leave and go some, buy some food at like 4am or something like it's, it's just a real it's because it's absolutely like blossomed into a massive fear in my life now that I'm not gonna this have this is food. just consuming you yeah. it's consuming me and I should be consuming it <laughs> you know oh, word <laughs> someone's been writing for Radio 4 recently <laughs> thank you yeah speaking of which actually I wanted to ask you because you've been um, you, you're the best writer for uh, yes. Radio 4 mm-hmm. uh, which means uh, you are, are across all of the comedy on Radio 4 being yes. kind of gag gag smith across all the like sort in-house of, in-house gag smith yeah, yeah in-house gag smith um, I know because I've worked on uh, Radio yes. 4 shows and you've been in the room and mm-hmm. you've made it better immeasurably you've made it better you've made it better baby having you there is like we oh, had um, Sarah's here we had the nicest time on the, we the, did. On the news quiz yes. recently there was it was it was just completely coincidentally all girls on the panel and uh, all girls in the writers room yes and and just from the way that the producer had done the bookings, everyone said yes that she asked, and mm-hmm. they were just we weren't going to make a thing out of it, but it was a thing, it and was it was exciting. It was, it was very exciting. Um, Staying so therefore, no. it was just like complete coincidence, and therefore great. Um, it was so much fun, and there how was many no stress? There was there was no stress. It was it was. I have to say, yeah, doing topical shows at the moment is normally a dick ache um, for want of a better word. It's a waking nightmare. It's been I've been writing Brexit jokes mm. for two and a half years now and I I've gone a bit mad oh. like I can't it I didn't used on, to be like this mm. but I don't know because I don't know a world before you it you don't remember the before no none of us remember the before time <laughs> none of us remember writing jokes about oh a royal wedding yes. or a celebrity saying a funny thing oh. or a, you what know. I would give what I would oh. give to write that yeah that was just Brexit a mad, mad cow disease that was a oh, thing that would, would be nice that. yeah even Donald Trump I'll write Take a joke a bit of about that. Yeah. yeah anything <laughs> but this, we are we are recording this on oh it's today it is today it's Brexit late. Christmas um, <laughs> just the 29th of March today it is um so we have been writing Brexit jokes for a really long time. What, how, how, what, what top tips do you have for someone who's going to write Brexit oh jokes for two God, years? I have what advice no would you pass tips. on to a topical comedy writer? Absolutely not. Like I wish I had tips. the The hardest part is like I I came at this having not had much new knowledge of politics or the news really I was more of like a, I just wrote jokes like I didn't mm. really have much of a good working you knowledge. came from the background of succubus and stand up exactly and those kind of, yeah um, very so good like, on twitter yes that's <laughs> <a good laughs> thanks no, no, no. um 
so yeah, I never really like spent much time like reading about the news. Like it was never really on my on my agenda. And mm. like now, I've got to teach myself the news and then write jokes about it. Mm. And it's hard because like there'll be people in the room who know about the news, yeah, and they'll have a working knowledge of it that I don't know. And mm. it takes me like double the time because I have to you do the homework first. Do the homework yeah. first. So I'm really struggling with like learning learning the backgrounds. Mm. That's what it's find hard. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully in time I'll become more like used to used to absorbing it by osmosis and like learning it but like yeah that is that is the hardest part if it was just like do some jokes about do 10 jokes about this great fine but yeah. it is like but it has been well it has been the same jokes over and over again and then i find personally because uh, i like to feel guilty about everything all the time and everything is my fault uh, uh that that writing the same jokes about brexit and yeah. evil people and um horrible uh, and, and and doing i find if i find myself writing jokes that are sort of not contributing anything like they're so-and-so's got a funny haircut yeah or so don't you know did you see that stupid jacket someone was wearing yeah. or whatever then i hate myself too much mm-hmm. because i feel like that's how we got into this mess in the first place and, so and we're all running giggling into the sea because boris johnson is funny on having news for you and other yeah. stuff. So I try myself working really hard to try and have that nuance and nuance, yeah. find an angle that no one else has done yet. Absolutely. And then I start crying. Oh, and then the, the, yeah. then the funny joke haircut thing makes it the funny haircut or spitty voice or whatever. It's tempting, isn't it? It's, it's that low hanging fruit. Yeah, and it's, it's that like, low hanging fruit. And that's what makes that's what guess, like, makes the cut anyway. Yeah. Low hanging fruit is tasty. We all <laughs> love some low hanging fruit. Yeah, it is hard yeah. to repeat the same stuff. And but it's like yeah, it is. You want to, as a writer, you feel like it's your duty to say something interesting as well as funny. Mm. And, like, there's only so many times you can do that before you pass out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the, the thing that Peter Cook said about, um, you know, Britain's a nation that's g- uh, giggling as it runs into the sea. Which I think is true. We have sort of filled our pockets with stones and done a million jokes. Donald Trump's got a funny name, hasn't he? <laughs> Sadly, you mentioned to me earlier on uh, something that really scared you as a kid was a ride you went on at, uh, where was this? Universal Studios Florida. Okay. Uh, It was a family Mm. holiday and I was about, must be about four or five, so very young. And um, I got taken on this ride called the Jaws ride. It's now gone. And it was, yes, it has. Thank goodness. They got my letters. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it was like this ride that like you went on, you got on a boat and it took you round the sort of lake and down a river. Mm. And then it's meant to be like sort of relaxing, but then it all goes wrong. And then like the guy who like runs the boat, like says like, oh my God, we've gone of course. And then like Jaws like comes out and like takes a bite of the boat. But it's all like mechanical. When you're five, it seems so real. Yeah. And I remember being so scarred <laughs> that I came off and I was like crying so hard that like the the man who was running like a toy like kiosk mm. like a bit further away gave me a toy for free because I was mm. crying so much and like since then I never went on any more roller coasters like cause I, I absolutely was terrified that like it was going to be like that so I think it really traumatized me mm. um I forgot that even happened but I called my mum before this and yeah. <laughs> I said can you remember what it was that like really scared me as a kid and she said it was that and she attributes like all of my fears now to that moment so were you had anyone set you up for what was going to happen or they no. just they hadn't thought to no tell you about this it was it was a recipe for disaster it was we went to Universal Studios at a time my parents had separated but they were going on like one last hurrah so it was already real bad uh, so my mum was with my sister who was in a buggy very young like about a year old and my dad was like who's a prick my dad was like oh I'll take her on I'll take her on (laughs) and like I'm sure that what would have happened is he would have sat there far away from me on the ride me five years old on my own having been because the shark came up directly by my chair as well always comes up at at a certain point and I was in that position and I remember just having no comfort whatsoever and I think I was just trapped on this ride for like a minute like having to go through all the emotions of the ride the fuck all like sitting on the other side so I'm starting to think this isn't just about the shark (laughs) I think it just sums up I think yeah I'm starting to sense that (laughs) (laughs) there might be some more stuff going on but it was the yeah yeah. it was that shark coming out that really yeah that makes no it makes complete sense it woke up the fear in me so like since then you couldn't even get me on like I couldn't we went to Disney World and I couldn't even get on like the the, uh, Snow White ride I was so scared that something was going to come out it's interesting and how do you feel about bodies of water because that's quite a thing. People who are scared of sharks generally, they're sort of scared of swimming pools and baths if in really extreme circumstances. That did that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the shark. I, I like sharks. I think it was the unknown, yeah. and then the fear of something coming at you. Yeah. Like it wasn't. Like, what do you think? It was even about the shark because I like sharks. They're great. 
that's that's nice. Oh, of course, you know you love seafood. You love lobsters and crustaceans. Exactly. And, and, and everyone seafood. Sea life. Yes, you love seafood. Yes, no, we've established this. You love you love lobsters. Yeah. You um. <laughs> yeah, you must film the lobster. No, sorry, that was a really bad example. I've not seen it, but I, I bet I would. So. Oh, I mean, there's no lobsters in no. it. Spoiler. Um, they say the word lobster quite a lot, yeah. but they don't. There's no lobsters mm-hmm. in it. Uh, I mean, I've watched The Little Mermaid if you want to see <laughs> actual lobsters in a film. Don't watch a Splash. Film. Seen Splash? No. Oh, there's a big lobster eating scene in Splash. Really? Don't watch that. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, I mean, Splash one of the best films ever made. And if you want to go on the internet and write an essay about how it's problematic, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand oh it's a it's a, it's a it was i say modern it was like 1982 or something okay. 1987 okay. i don't know one of those numbers yeah yeah um uh remake of the little mermaid live action with oh. tom hanks as a, a grumpy new york man right and daryl hannah as a, a mermaid who comes out of the sea mm-hmm. and can't speak and has legs and it's all told from his point of view so you don't know why she can now walk on land. You'll love it. It does sound quite good, actually. It's really good. It's got beautiful... Spe- it's got Eugene Levy in it. Oh, really? Eugene Levy from Shakes Creek. Oh. Uh, it, we've come full circle we with have, things you'll yes. like. You'll love it. He plays a sceptical marine biologist. <laughs> crypto-marine biologist. Oh, that you'll love great. It. I'm going to love it's, it. You'll absolutely love it. But there is a lobster eating scene. But other than, it's very short. <laughs> And it's quite funny, but yeah. there is a scene where she, yeah, struggles okay. with, um, yeah. with, yeah. But other than that, it's great. Cat, I think we're going to wrap things up there. Cat Salad, yeah. thank you so much. That was really, that really enjoyable. I think we've got a really good list of yeah. scary things. <laughs> and not scary things. And now we'll just have a nice big thing about Shit's Creek and how great oh, it is. Lovely. Lovely. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hi, my name is Tracy Ann Overman and I've got a podcast. Everyone else had a podcast, so I wanted one. I'm addicted to Twitter. I love the news. I love the gossip. I love the humour. I love the wit. I love the interaction with people that I admire and like. I also love it as a platform for voicing my opinions, of which I have several, and strong ones. And not everyone agrees with those opinions, which is fine. But what's not fine is the trolls. I have had so much trolling, personal, racist, sexist, harrowing abuse over the last 16 months that I've decided to make a podcast about it. Trolled is my new podcast and it's coming soon. Celebrity guests, funny stories, sad stories, empowering stories, all about the world of being trolled. And hopefully, no death threats. Don't let the keyboard warriors win. If you've got an opinion and you're scared of getting it out there online or you're scared of getting it crushed by an abusive response, then listen to this podcast. It'll give you tips and it'll make you feel brave. That's Trolled with me, Tracy ann Oberman, coming soon on all your favourite podcast platforms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.